0: Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.
1: The Women in Sport Podcast with Jer McCarthy on the Big Red Bench. Welcome to a new episode of the Big Red Bench's Women in Sport Podcast. I'm Jer McCarthy and you can follow my Instagram and Twitter accounts on at Jer McCarthy74. On this week's show, I speak to the new FAI Regional Development Officer for Kerry and highly regarded coach, Chelsea Noonan. We'll also hear from Super Value Community and Sponsorship Manager, Mairead Kremen, about all the great work Super Value is carrying out in local Cork communities and their ongoing sponsorship of Cork Ladies Football. Also on this week's show, we'll hear from Cork Senior Footballer, Orla Finn, Cork LGFA Minor Manager, Joe Carroll, plus Cork Senior Camogie Banished Paddy Murray, and Under-16 Camogie Manager, Doni Daly. That's all to come on another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. <laughs> Chelsea Noonan begins a new role as the FAI Regional Development Officer for Kerry later this week. A coach with a growing reputation, Noonan intends to put all her experiences that she's gained over recent years to good use. Delighted to be joined now on the Women in Sport podcast by the new FAI Regional Development Officer for the Kerry region, Chelsea Noonan. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, I'd Delighted to be here. Um... First of all, congratulations on the new role. Uh, it sounds like you're going to be very, very busy and you've got a lot of work ahead of you, but it's something that you're very, very passionate about, which is coaching and coaching women's soccer.
2: Yeah, 100%. Like, since I was probably 12 or 13, all I ever wanted to do was work as a member of the FAI and working particularly in grassroots football and developing players from a young age. So it's, it's an ideal role for me now. Now...
1: You start this week. Um, do you know what the role entails and what kind of work you're going to be doing on, on the ground itself?
2: Well, initially, because we're straight into summer camps now, beginning on the 28th of this month. So the first couple of, I suppose, eight, nine, ten weeks will be predominantly working on the summer camps. I and mean, in they're all running to to the best of the ability, I suppose, given the current climate and sure all health safety, regulations are followed and government guidelines. But, I suppose, post-summer camps, Initially, it will be getting into the schools, making myself known to the Kerry region because obviously I I'd be fairly well known in Cork, but Kerry is a different ball game down there. So getting myself introduced, getting into schools, into clubs, and trying to put some some new programs and some existing programs in place to really develop grassroots football down in Kerry.
1: Um, it it almost sounds like a cliche, uh, but I mean, just like Cork, there is a huge huge amount of talent and talented footballers playing soccer in Kerry you'd be hoping to tap into that
2: oh 100 percent like I always kind of say Kerry is kind of an, an untouched region in many respects hmm. so Darren Hearn, he, he's he was the region development officer. he's now gone to high performance role down down in Kerry and he's done Trojan work down there over, over recent years but because it's such a vast and remote region I think there are still a lot of a lot many parts of Kerry that probably could do with a bit more work so I'm looking forward to Kind of putting my own stamp on on development down there, and I'm really bringing up Kerry in, in the footballing world.
1: Um, your background, uh, Chelsea, obviously is in coaching, and we would have previously spoken back in 2019 about the Gainer Cup, uh, when the Cork Women's and Schoolgirls Soccer League finished finished fourth overall that year. You've obviously, en- you obviously enjoy the role. It's obviously something you're passionate about. But how much of the work you've done with a, a Gainer Cup level and with the Cork Women and uh, and Schoolgirls League is going to stand? To you know.
2: It's, it's everything, to be honest. Like It was probably my first coaching gig was up to Under-12 League Centre when I was about 14, up in, uh, in Gary Dove. So I spent about 10 years coaching within the, the CWSSL across different age groups, from the Gainer Cups, as you said, right up to the Under-19 Cork Interleague team. So I got an unbelievable amount of experience there through both the coaches I've worked with, being the manager of some teams and having to delegate the role to my own coaches then that would have been in with me and like just working with a seriously vast amount of players over the last 10 years it's just outstanding to me greatly and I did cherish my time there so that's a big thanks to the Cork League for all the all the work they put into me and all the help they gave me along the way
1: and following on from that you got to work at Cork City with the under-17s another step up the ladder and another valuable experience I would imagine
2: yeah definitely so I was um, I was actually at 3D United (laughs) under-17s The year previous and um, had a brilliant year there working under irene hair so i learned a lot of a lot of valuable information from her as well and of course back in my playing days i would have played with quark city so i suppose it was kind of nice to to do a full circle and, and come back to where my, my home club i suppose and then i'm um, and going coaching there under sarah healy
1: um you're a successful female soccer coach but is the number of female soccer coaches increasing from what you've seen is there more of an interest in it now because there seems to be a pathway through the FAI for anyone that does want to pursue it as a career
2: definitely like i suppose i remember when i was growing up there was there was very few female coaches that you could have named off that would have been in the limelight say like mm. you know the likes of maybe sue Rowan and Pearl slattery Laura hughes back at the time but that was kind of been the tipping point of it if i'm honest whereas now i actually was the first female ua b license in 2019 and I was on that so there was 24 female coaches that actually completed the B license together so the the volume of coaches coming up the ladder especially in the female realm it is really really increasing so even now there's um I'm actually currently on my way to A license but I know there is a the elite youth B female only license going on now so that's another step up the ladder for a lot of the coaches that would have been on the the female only B license so definitely it's a big shout out to, to Nilo Regan, who's the head of the coach education department. He's really, really pushing on with the female female in sport and trying to give I suppose the females as much opportunities as the male as their male counterparts get.
1: How intense are those FI coaches, um, courses, apologies, Chelsea, because you, you hear a lot about them. Uh, Noilo Reagan is somebody, as you said correctly, who's been promoting them for a long time. Why would you how intense are they and why would you recommend them to somebody that's interested in getting in and becoming a female soccer coach?
2: Look, they they are intense, but you're guided through every single step. So it's not a case that you'll get your workload and it's kind of right, go on, we'll talk to you in in six months' time or whatever. Like every step of the way your tutors, your fellow your fellow classmates, for want of a better word. There's kind of like little groups and little video chats or even in between courses, sitting down after dinner, having a cup of coffee. You'd learn valuable like insights into other people's experiences and say you might do something a certain way, but you might hear of someone else doing it a different way and it might spark a fire in your mind to be like, oh, I can actually alter this. But definitely get onto the coaching ladder as soon as possible especially for players as well as coaches because when you see the game from a coach's point of view from these courses it would improve your game as a player so I know for the National League now I think it's the, the PDP1s and PDP2s are free to all League of Ireland and National League clubs should they should they want it mm. so I think, I think that's a brilliant initiative once again from the coach education department but highly recommend any of the courses to anyone who has any interest in football whatsoever
1: yeah, and I think that's great to hear because never before um, has Irish women's soccer been to the forefront as much as it is now. It still is a long way to go to get up with the male counterparts, I accept that. But when you see the Irish under-19s getting plenty of media coverage recently, when you see the Irish national team under Verpa, it must be heartening for somebody like yourself who's been on the ground for so long to finally see an increase and maybe um, you know generating more interest and hopefully generating more younger players and a new generation coming through.
3: Yeah, so I suppose it's easy and it has been
2: easy for us here in Women's Football in Ireland to look at probably our closest neighbours, the UK, and how prominent it is over there. But that's been 50, 60, 70 years of hard work on it to to build what they have over there. And We're getting there, especially over the last 10 years. The increase, as you said, is massive in media coverage. I think the 2020 campaign probably had a lot to do with that as well but we are getting there it's a slow road but we don't want to rush it we want to get there and do it right so I suppose that's the main thing we are getting there and not not too long more now to go before we or where we want to be I suppose
1: Very well said and just finally Chelsea obviously you're going to be busy you're going to be very busy over the coming (laughs) months and years it's clear from the way you've been explaining it but it's obvious too that you're looking forward to it but what are you hoping to achieve as uh, the FAO's regional development officer in Kerry?
2: I suppose it's probably going to sound cliché, but I want to light a fire in all the I suppose the young kids down there that they have a, the love for football that I have. So my biggest thing would be getting into the primary schools and setting that love for football then, because that was what I found it. And I feel if you find the love for football at that young an age, you never lose it, even if they choose to go off and play other sports or put down a different career path. I just think that love for football is such a big thing. And in addition to that, so my, my priority would probably be getting into the primary schools, as I said. But I also want to, to get a, a few more football for all programmes running down there. As far as I know, there's only maybe two or three at the moment, and Kerry's a big region. So I'd, I'd really like to try and push for a couple of more football for all locations down there. Because it look football is a sport that brings everyone together, and everyone should have a place that they can feel comfortable to play it. So they'd be my, my two priorities going into
0: the road big red bench Game on. saturday and sunday from 6 p.m
1: super value community and sponsorship manager maraid Cremen spoke to the women in sport podcast about super Value's role in local car communities as well as some upcoming and exciting new initiatives earlier in the week i caught up with maraid to talk about a wide range of subjects now we're delighted on the women in sport podcast to be joined by maraid Cremen, who's the community and sponsorship manager for super value maraid tell us about your role
2: well, I suppose I've
4: been working with um, Super Valley for the last 12 years and in the role I'm currently in is it's all about community sponsorship. So my role is all about supporting our retailers within their communities and helping to make our communities better. So it's about ensuring that our sponsorships of the All-Ireland Football Championship, Super Valley Tiger Towns, our partnership with Cork LGFA and As I Am um, are, are focused on one clear goal which is about making our working together to make our communities better places to live and that's very much about uh, at the core of everything we do in supervalue Value it's all about community and making our communities better Yeah. So that's my role in the
1: Snapchat. Yeah, that encompasses quite a lot Marae. so you're obviously very busy but what is it exactly within the sporting community because you are quite prominent that Super Value does So I suppose,
4: look value, um, you know, we've been we've been working with communities for for, for, for a long time over the last 30-40 years. And each year super value stores invest over one million in their local GA clubs and that's across all ages and disciplines. Um I suppose in fact supervalue retailers as well over the last number of years, it been on the sidelines of any kids um, playing football EBS with with the boys or or, or girls, and um, you will see that we've donated over one hundred and sixty five thousand footballs to underage clubs across the country, and we worked with the GA. Our, our aim here was to keep our kids healthy and strong, and try and put a football in the hand of every child in a GA club. So, you know, I get a great sense of pride when I'm standing on the sidelines to see my daughter and her friends, you know, giving it of their all and kicking around super value football And I suppose the other thing when when it comes to it, out at a local level and, and it's done by retailers that really really love their clubs and their clubs mean the most to them and to their shoppers and their community there's some great stories like um, Liam Ryan of Supervan and Grange who are, and, and Toker and uh, Frankfield who recently announced their sponsorship of the Glanmire Ladies Football Club and that brings 12 clubs across GA, Camogie, and LGFA that they support across Cork City and County we also have Tom Scalley, who's probably best known for being the proud father of Emer Scalley, who's on our Cork LGFA panel. But he's also the owner of Football Black Rock, and he's been a very active supporter in the ladies' game, especially in, in, in Black Rock and St. Michael's LGFA, and also with Black Rock's Moby. And I suppose there's so many examples sports given at a local level that I could be here all day dropping names and, and still miss them. But, you know, I've often been asked why super value to do what they do. And it's very simple because they work in these communities, they live in these communities, their kids play in these clubs and it's really important for them to make sure that clubs are as strong as, as they possibly can be. To, you know, instill that, 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 that opportunity for kids to grow, to nourish, to make those lifelong friends and, bond,
2: and bonds that, that really do make a difference.
1: Yeah, and as you said, there's so much that Supervalue does, and it's great to hear that. But what about the future, just finally, Marae? Because obviously, you've got a lot of things coming down the line. But in the immediate future, what can we expect from Supervalue in the sporting community?
4: So, I suppose when it comes to within, within sporting women in sport, we are very, very passionate about um, our sponsorship of the Cork LGFA. We have been the main sponsor since 2015, and this is something that we are so proud of. Um, we are a sport based company, many of our co- my colleagues have direct connections with the LGFA. Um, I mean, it's amazing. Our Kiro our Sullivan, eight times All-Ireland winner, works directly with us in Musgrave, And she is something that, you know, a major role model for girls and to be looking up to. We also, you know, we really do work um, well with them. It, it, what we're doing this year is we're really going to be getting involved, more involved with the girls promoting them supporting them we're working behind the scenes to really understand you know what they need and what we need to help them with and um, and we have been doing that you know for the last number of months there's there's a big match coming up um, on the 26th into the final of the league we really want people to get behind them we want to be able to showcase the dedication and quality that these girls have and really promoting
0: that, and that's what we will be doing over the next number of weeks and months. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm.
1: Orla Finn contributed 1-8 of Cork's winning total in last weekend's National League semi-final victory over Donegal. The Kinsale forward is enjoying another stellar season and spoke to the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast about Cork's upcoming National League final with Dublin. Okay, delighted to be joined now by Cork senior footballer Orla Finn following on from Cork's fantastic and hard-earned victory over Donegal in the National League semi-finals. Orla, uh, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench and the Women in Sport podcast. No problem at all, Ger. Uh First question, how are you? Because you shipped a couple of heavy challenges in that Donegal victory. Yeah,
4: no, all good. Um, I got a heavy knock to my knee, all right. Um, there's a lot of bruising and swelling, but I'm hoping that it's just a bruise and nothing more than that. So a few days now of rest and and
1: hopefully I'll be good to go again. Uh, That's very, very good to hear. Um, I know you're not a person who likes the personal accolades, but you did take home the player of the match against Donegal. You've had a great season. Three points against Tip, seven points against Dublin, eight points against Waterford and one eight against Donegal. What do you put down that form and that scoring form to this year? Because you're playing in quite a different team.
4: Yeah, I suppose it's kind of all just worked great really you know that's one thing set that, out for us at the start of every game that we all must work hard and have the right attitude really and I think as a team we're all improving with each game so hopefully now we can take that forward and and bring it up another step in the final against Dublin
1: Donegal were a step up again on everything including Dublin um, that you played earlier on in the league campaign real physical hard hitting game how much has that performance and victory brought you on?
4: Yeah, an awful lot, and I suppose the like the Johnny game was a very physical and fast game, and it w- will really stand to us going going forward onto the championship as well. And I'm just delighted that we got that step further onto the the league final. You know, the more competitive games you can get coming up to the championship, uh, the better. So we're we're really looking
1: forward to that. Are you glad of the break though, in between the fact that you will have a weekend to recover?
4: yeah definitely it's been all go really for the last few weeks, and as players, we love playing matches week after week, but you know when you pick up a knocker, you know the two girls are a little bit injured and coming back from injuries, but the extra week will really um benefit us in that way. um so hopefully now with the, with the week's rest and recovery that it will stand to us.
1: Um, it's a different forward line this year I know you are in the full forward line the last couple of games but this time last year you would have had Anya Terry, O'Sullivan, Duran O'Sullivan and Saoirse Noonan in front of you Does the fact that Cork have been able to keep up the consistency and keep delivering victories apart from that one Dublin game um, show just how, stri- how strong the panel is? Yeah, it just shows what talent we have We've some great girls coming up um, you know, size has really stood out
4: for us this year as well you know, her confidence and everything has been much much higher than the last few years and that's exactly all she needed. But, you know, it's given the girls, there's a few girls out due to injury, um, which has given other girls a chance to step up and perform and the girls that are in the full forward line now are doing exactly that. So, you know, having that much competition for places is what makes the team so successful. So hopefully we can we can keep up that competition and and drive on for our places. You know, no one's secure, no one place is secure, which which is exactly what you want really.
1: And that's been the hallmark of the Cork senior setup for some time. As long as you're involved, order you had to force your way into that team and then maintain that performance to stay there.
4: Yeah, I suppose you have to. You know, and you've young talent coming through as well. You have to. Um, you have to keep performing at training and at matches because no one's place is a definite. Like so. I suppose that's what, as I say,
1: that's what makes the team so successful and, and we're lucky to have that. We're lucky to have the young girls coming up through the ranks as well. Now, two weeks time, Dublin again. Um, it's not like you don't know each other at this stage, but could I put it to you that the, you bring the best out of each other. The last three or four matches, the times that you've played, there's nothing in it, but you actually do push each other to the absolute limit and bring the best out of one another.
4: Yeah, it's a great game against Dublin. They bring great physicality and, and fitness and strength to the matches. Um, they're the ones setting the standard, you know, over the last few years being All-Ireland Champions. So we're just trying to, to pick up training and match and our performance um, in matches as well. Just try and, and give it our all and bring up the intensity. And, you know, if, if we can do that and if we can match them physically, um you know, we, we will hopefully be, it will probably be a good game um, in, in two weeks'
2: time.
1: Yes, because it's always close, and I think the fact that you're getting closer and closer to them after that epic in Parky Creeve earlier in the season, what was that like to play in? I mean, it was just breathless to watch it, but from a player's point of view, it must have been equally so.
4: Yeah, I think the, the, mo- the pos- most positive thing I've taken out of that was that we were down eight points at, at one stage, and we actually brought it back to a point, which was Really good to see. You know, over the last few years, when we played Dublin, even in the All Ireland final last year, we we had a very good first half, and then they they went up by stay four at one stage stage. But um, in the league final, where we kind of brought it back from eight points down to bring it back to losing this by a point, it was brilliant to see that. So hopefully, we can bring that attitude forward with us to the league final.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at RedFM.ie.
1: The Cork Senior Camogie team was defeated by Galway 119-117 after extra time in last weekend's National League Division 1 semi-final. Despite that loss, there were plenty of positives to take from a cracking encounter and a productive league campaign. Let's hear from Cork Senior Camogie manager, Poddy Murray. No disappointment for the Cork Senior Camogie team losing after extra time to Galway in the National League semi-finals at the weekend but that doesn't mean there's still a huge amount of positives to take out of that game and the campaign in general. Joined now by Paddy Murray, the senior manager. Paddy, uh, commiserations on the defeat but as I said there, a lot of positives to take not just from the weekend but what's gone before as well.
3: Yeah, look, I first of all, disappointed to uh, lose uh, against Galway particularly in extra time um, you know, we would have liked to get to a final, but look, uh, it is what it is now. But I suppose looking back on it, um, you know, I think we've got we've got plenty out in the league, to be honest.
1: Um, you you mentioned in your after match comments about the physicality and the test that Galway provided Cork with. That's better than a number of training sessions, I would imagine, and is going to stand to you when the All Ireland series starts.
3: Yeah, yeah, certainly it will, and I suppose look, um, I thought we stood up to it well enough um in 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 certain areas. Okay, there is other areas that, you know, um we need players to probably front up a little bit better. Um, you know, I thought our backs did well, to be fair. Maybe this was one area that you're probably conceding too many frees But other than that I thought they played very, very well. Um, you know, I think we need more out of our tank. Um Going forward, if if like if we want to to get to an All Ireland final and and win an All Ireland final, I think we probably need more uh, from from that department.
1: Does it surprise you that the four semi finalists, uh, including yourselves, uh, Galway, Tip, and Kilkenny, looked like they were so close, and there's not really that much between you?
3: Yeah, um, I, 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 okay, I, I look at the f- the, the top four. Um, I think Galway are ahead. Um, I think Galway are ahead of the rest, to be honest. Um, you know, I certainly think that the new rules have suited Galway because they're a very, very big physical team. Uh, I think the new rules have have separated the top four from the rest, to be honest. Uh, and I probably all of us thought that was going to happen. Um, you know, but I think Galway are the number one team this year um, to win the All Ireland.
1: Um, and just mentioning the All Ireland, the draw for the opening phase of that was made. What do you make of Cork's opponents um, in the draw? Well, I suppose
3: I'd like to have had a kick in Galway, in our group because if we give you that extra, you know, tough game, I think they're in an ideal position, both of them. Um, you know, but look, we're obviously looking at to the top all group and and then either go to a quarter-final or semi-final. I think it goes into a draw game, which is similar to the league. So after winning a group, you could still be in the quarter-final. So, you know, um, but the key for us is to win all those games.
1: Um, How oh, happy with the overall progress of the panel, the, the entire panel since the league began um, ahead of that all Ireland series?
3: I think we've improved. Um, I think the the younger guys still have a bit to go. I probably would uh, I think the understanding of the setups and, and the various different uh, uh uh positional you know like players playing in a certain position just getting used to that I think younger guys still have a bit to go there but I think overall um, you know I thought our full back played very well uh, under extreme pressure at times it was an area that probably we were uh like probably going into the, the 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 league this year. So I think they played, you know, look, I think that, that across the board, I think particularly our, our two footballers after playing the day before were outstanding. Um, you know, so um, I think the key with our younger guys, though, is how much they improve now in the next six to eight weeks. I think that would be key uh, for us this year. Well, we we are facing an all our uh, Munster semi-final in two weeks' time against Tipperary, which will be no easy game. So, we're, we're straight into a Munster Championship. Uh, we would obviously like to win that, um, you know, so we're out again the following week. So, it, it, this year we actually don't have any break. Um, like, we're, we are training Tuesday, Thursday this week, so nothing will change from that side of things.
1: Is it a bonus to have the Munster Championship beforehand and a game every week, or would you rather a break?
3: Oh, I think it's a bonus because I think you know uh, running better than games, mm. um, and they're tough games. Like Tipperary will be a tough game, so uh, again, it just gives us a chance to probably uh, you know change things up a small But Look, we'll have a good look at at the Wex or the Galway game, and uh, we may change change a few positions and things like that. So it just gives us that
0: chance to. Uh, to experiment in. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.
1: The Cork Camogie Under-16s got their 2021 Munster Championship campaign off to a winning start thanks to a 6-15 to 2-12 win over Tipperary last weekend. The Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast got the thoughts of Cork Under-16 manager Donnie Daly. Oh, we were, Ger.
5: Um Look, when you scored 6-15 in any game... Um, you, you have to be happy. Um, we we were delighted. The I suppose the scoreline aside, we were happy with with the performance. The the girls, like, you, you wouldn't believe that these girls were running together for three weeks. You know, they, like, when we just said that, afterwards, had we these girls for eight months, we would have been delighted with that performance today. Um, every we we played eight so, but obviously, it was such a warm day, and the whole 23 girls. Um, you know, it was there was it was seamless. The, one off one on and there was no no, no reduction in tempo no reduction in in, 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 um, in hunger so look uh, we started slowly um, Tipperary uh, I suppose we were that bit hungrier uh, for the first maybe 10 minutes uh, we got a few early scores uh, kind of settled us but once we kind of got into our stride um, there was you know very good in Liverpool, to be honest. Um, and look, it was a good temporary team you now. Uh, despite the fact we scored 15, 15, they are a very good team. They were hungry, they were strong. Um, but, you know, our girls, it was it was—it was an unbelievable performance, to be honest. Um, led by Millie, Millie Connor in the half back line. Uh, Millie was immense today. Um, there was no ball, I think, past her for the
1: and Donny, just from your point, just before we talk about those performances, the conditions—we have to mention them. It's the hottest day of the year. It must have been hard going.
5: Oh, it was unbelie- unbelievable, Joe. Uh, it was torturous. Like, <laughs> like for, for, for the girls to on, put up twenty-one scores like that uh, in that heat uh, and that intensity for for sixty minutes is a testament to them. Um, the, 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 the some of them were <laughs> most of them. There was almost as fresh coming off the field as like they were going on. Um, it, it, it was it was real championship hurling, real championship Sunday. But you know, like it, it was hard. I tell you, the, the conditions were hard. But to be honest, if you, if, you, if you saw them in the last five minutes, ten minutes, you'd say had these girls played any game. Um, and I, I said no, not because of, of of the intensity of February, basically the the level of of fitness and and I suppose hunger out of these these cockers.
1: Okay, Donny, so you've gotten a win on the board. What's next now for the Cork under-16s?
5: Next week, we have a break now. Next week, um, the girls, the uh, area are playing Waterford uh, in tip, uh, and then the following week we're playing Waterford away. Um, we, what we're what we going we with team building in Belly House next Sunday, so we'll, we'll, we'll take them away. We're going to y'all Tuesday night for a, maybe a bit of a swim, a bit, maybe a bit, a bit of fun. Um, we're train Tuesday night as normal. Uh, sorry, Thursday night as normal. And um, and look, the, the the girls, you know, did 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 have a break after 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 what they did today. Um, so look, we we we'll play Waterford on the twenty seventh. Um, and look, if if we win that, obviously then we we're we're, we're through to a semi final. Or if we're unlucky, maybe we we might be put into a quarter final. But look, it's um, it's uh, i for still, you know, depending on the Waterford temporary game results, you know, it could could be nice. If if Warford beat Tipperary or Tipperary beat Waterford, we we'll come on to the last game between ourselves and and to see who, who tops the group. So we won't take anything
0: for granted, ever, and yet we'll take every game as it comes. The Big Red Bench. Game on! Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.
1: The 2021 Cork LGFA Minor Football Panel has been announced ahead of a talented group's upcoming Munster Championship. I spoke to manager Joe Carroll and got his thoughts on Cork's chances this coming year. As well as the fact his players have no All Ireland championship to look forward to. Park Minor ladies football team has been announced for twenty twenty one and manager Joe Carroll joins us here. Joe, um not an easy decision uh to, to finalise a squad of thirty-six players considering the talent within the county.
6: No, Joe, a very difficult decision, and I suppose this year it was even made more difficult with all the restrictions because we were playing trials and seven asides and things like that. And there's a big difference between seven aside and fifteen aside, and we eventually came to a conclusion that and we only won 15 of 15 on 15 trial on the, the 9th of June that we had to pick the, the panel but it was an awful difficult decision compared to other years that I've been involved very very difficult um, a lot of talent in the county and a very difficult very little between a lot of them to, to try and figure out we could have got it wrong but hopefully we haven't
1: yeah, it's a nice problem to have, Joe, when you consider that there's so much talent at this level at minor having come through from 14 and 16. But as you said, not easy. But you seem to have a nice blend from all the divisions and across the different clubs.
6: Yeah, we seem to have a nice blend from all the divisions and across the different clubs. And I suppose several of them have have the players have been involved at under 14 and under 16, which gives a bit of an advantage because they they know what inter football is about and they know what's involved. And I think like the huge engagement we got even during COVID, with strength and conditioning online and so on. And we had a fabulous talk from Breach Cockery that the players were hugely interested in playing minor football from Cork. And it's great to see at that level that girls are still very interested in in playing with, with Cork. I know a lot of them continue to play with our club, but I think there's a lot of fallout as well. But I think we have held the most of our players from 14, 16 up to minor, which is great to see.
1: No, you've got two very difficult upcoming games. Um, uh, one at the end or one at the beginning uh, in July, sorry, and then hopefully a final. Who are you playing and when?
6: We're playing in in the at the beginning of August. Tipperary is the first match, uh, a very difficult away game for us because Cork played Tipperary on the 16 two years ago, and it was a very very tight game. And then the muster final against Kerry could have gone either way, I suppose. Cork looked to have it won at one stage, then Kerry came back into it and looked to have it won well in Park finished extremely strongly the same day and uh, won a very tight match at the end. So there's going to be nothing between these three teams, I think, to win the Munster competition.
1: Yeah, it should be a fascinating Munster competition, as you said, because the teams are so well matched. Unfortunately, Joe, we have to talk about it again. But the fact that this group of players have been through so much throughout COVID and don't have an All-Ireland Championship to look forward to is hugely disappointing for yourselves, but not just in Cork, but all around the country.
6: Yeah, George, it is it's his soul-destroying, really, you know, I've, I've been in close contact now with uh, the Galway manager and the Kerry manager, who would be two of our biggest opponents, I suppose, down through the years, and uh, I've spoken to them on several occasions over the last couple of weeks, and it's all the strain there as well, like that it's not just about cock playing in an all semi-final and all final it's about minor ladies playing in an all semi-final or final. And and, and the, the soldier strain part of it is when you see all the boy stuff going on and even more of it and, you know, the the reasons that were given by the LGFA are, you could equally make excuses for every single one of them if you go through them as to why it should be played. Mm. So, like, I think that I would still be hoping, even at this late, late stage, that they would reconsider maybe when things progress to the year and I know there's a competition as well going ahead and that they would hopefully and there's a list of competition going ahead so that they would hope that they, the LJV might reconsider and play those two matches even if Cork were not involved but hopefully we would be.
1: Yeah and let's be clear on this, like you're not asking for quarterfinals or a round-robin tournament, you're just asking for two dates to play semi-finals and a semi-final to the final.
6: Correct. All we're asking for two days to play the semi-final and final. You play them off on the, the day. You could play one on a Wednesday, one on a Saturday, one on a Tuesday, one on a Saturday, or something like that, to give a few days between them. If they have to go to extra time, so be it. If they have to be penalty shootout, shootouts, you finish them. There's, in the soccer, there's World Cups, and the rest of it have been decided in penalties, and so on. And Man United lost a, a, a shootout there lately. Yeah. They went to 11-B-11, unfortunately. So <laughs> my own point of view. But um, Anyway... I, I, like, I wouldn't say anything wrong with that. In these circumstances, finishing off the competitions and, and that regard, people would accept it totally, but it would just give the, the bigger focus on ladies' football, that it is an absolutely growing, huge sport and that you need to keep it up keep it up there. And, you know, we have lost a few girls. We have a few girls that decided they were going to go to Camogie because they were in an All-Ireland competition. And we have one girl that decided she'd go away playing rugby. Uh, At the start of the year, I I would say a lot of that would have been down to the promotion it's getting and at national level, the the more we can give it, the better, you know, and it's been an awful difficult time for everybody. Everybody knows that and there's people keep crying about mental issues and mental health and everything, but to me, this is going in the face of all that. It's it's just, it's just uh, totally against it. The people that decided it, I I don't know how they came to the decision, but maybe I'm, I'm totally wrong, but hopefully they might reconsider again.
1: That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rudy O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The
0: Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.